Hello and welcome to another episode of Kicking Off with EADF, the official podcast of El Arte del Fútbol. In today's episode, we will evaluate some of the best young and emerging players from the recently concluded Premier League campaign. Quite a few young players have made a name for themselves this season, and we'll try to pick the best of the lot in no particular order. For this episode, I'm joined by Rohit Suresh, a die-hard Liverpool fan who was a little disappointed we couldn't include any Liverpool player in today's discussion. Hi Rohit, it's a pleasure to finally have you here with us on the podcast today. Over the years we've had many discussions on football, so it feels a little strange to be recording our exchange today. But at the same time, I'm very excited. Thanks for that introduction, Anubhav. You're a sweetheart. I'm really happy that you you called me up and you told me that you want to record a podcast. I've wanted to do this with you for a very long time and I'm really happy that I'm finally here with you talking about football and it's going to be it's going to be an exciting podcast and I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, great to have you here Rohit. Uh, and like he said for those who haven't heard my voice before, my name is Anubhav Sarkar and I will be your host for today. So before we begin, I just like to highlight the criteria we have chosen to base our conversation on. For a player to be eligible for this discussion, he had to be 21 years of age or younger. at the time the season started and also he must not have played more than 500 minutes of premier league action before the season started so the likes of uh, declan rice trent alexander arnold harvey barnes tom davis for that matter dean henderson they all miss out because they miss out on the criteria so let's get right in rohit uh, would you like to start us off i'm going to be talking about mason mount the chelsea midfielder age 20 He's played 37 games this season, scored 7 goals and 5 assists. Not bad for a start, great start for his first Premier League season considering he's played 3 different positions, which is the centre attacking mid, left mid and the centre mid. When you compare him to the 4 midfielders in the Chelsea team, which is Jorginho, Kovacic, Barkley and Pulisic, Mount has had more shots, he's created more chances and he's contested in more duels. It's great it's great to see that Mount is making use of his making use of his skill set which is say the shift of body the dribbling low center of gravity to get past get past and use that first touch to his advantage because because you see now you have op- opposition's marking him because they know that if you put any ball up front Mount is going to control it and he's just so dynamic as a player as you can see he instigates the press every time when Chelsea play in and whenever he plays in and he's had the third most fouls for Chelsea which just says that his desire to get that ball it's it's incredible and for being 20 years old and showing this much maturity i'm just going to wait and watch what he has in store for the next couple of seasons because i think he is he has a lot to unlock and say if he improves his shot selection and his final third passing i think lampard's going to going to have a great time managing this kid i completely agree with you I think with the likes of Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech like you said coming in Mason Mount is just going to get better. Uh, he'll have many creative players around him and Lampard knows how to get the best out of his midfielders. And I think that's going to do wonders for him and the team of course. So moving on I'd like to pick Tariq Lamptey as my first choice for this discussion. I think he's really burst onto the scene out of nowhere. because he had just made three appearances for Chelsea before moving to Brighton this season in January uh, in the January transfer window so as soon as he came in he absolutely displaced 
the first team right back that was Martin Montoya of the player who's played for more than 250 matches for Brighton he just came in and took the first spot and i think since then he's really looked exciting uh, he looks very good on the ball uh, has a good acceleration in him defensively speaking uh, his interceptions are one to watch out for because his electric acceleration in a way enables him to nip in front of the attacker and take the ball away from them so that's been a very positive sign for brighton this season after the restart i think he's had a really good time playing for brighton uh, in that position and he has a very good awareness in a way he never really allows the opposition to put pressure on him so whenever i have uh, watched him play the 3 4 times i have after restart he usually has a lot of time on the ball and the opportunity to pick his passes uh, lamti so he makes passes without being under pressure and whenever he is under pressure there's also a stat where he gets fouled a lot more than the previous right back so that is something which is going to be very exciting tarik lamti uh, and i think going forward it is important he con- continues this consistency and and keeps improving because uh, he has the potential in him and we've discussed before also how england's right backs and left backs are playing very well and i think uh, lamti adds into that uh, discussion and uh, apart from that um, i think you saw him play against liverpool right rohit you have any thoughts on that oh man he gave nico williams a toss for his money this the ball for tosad's goal was unbelievable and rightly so yeah. Nico Williams couldn't cope up with his pace on the far side and he was chucked out for Robertson in the game and that just shows that Klopp realized that he was he was so good on that day yeah. and Klopp had to make some changes on the left hand side to just make sure that he could have someone like Robertson stop that threat from the left side and like you said with his passing ability like it fits into Potter's style of play like Potter's likes to have that possession and if you have a right, if you have a right back like uh lamte who could pass the ball and who could be calm under under pressure i think that's perfect and it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how he does it next year yeah that's going to be exciting let's move on Definitely. then who do you have next so next i'll be i'll be looking at uh, pedro neto the 20 year old wolverhampton mm. wanderers so this is so um, the wolves fan the fan base in general where looking looking at wolves to see who are they going to sign what are they going to do are they going to sign someone are they going to sign an exceptional player but what wolves did this season was they they wanted to invest in youth and they got in neto from lazio so neto is somewhat like a this an instant sub you could compare him to obafemi from southampton he's had nine starts and 20 appearances from the bench what i like what i like about him is that he can play on either side of the wing he's spacey he's direct great dribbler and some of the goals he scored for wolves has been outstanding the cracker jacker of a volley which i i was watching the game with my dad and i went like whoa who the hell is this guy and when you look at um, how traore has been nurtured by nuno gomez i think neto fits the billing as the he's the next going to be the next best thing for wolves because he's 20 years old he models his game around ronaldo an interesting fact he has a home gym installed just to deal with the physicality of the premier league and that's outstanding so when you look at a young player coming from portugal and just following the things where a legend of the game has been doing and did in the premier league it's going to be interesting to see how he does it and where he goes with his 
Chester's skill. And I'm really excited to see what Nuno Gomez does in the next season as he's definitely been underused in so many, so many, so many games this season. Great. So we have to keep a lookout for Neto as well, that means, next season. Let's see how that works Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Moving along, um, I think the next player I'll be talking about is going to be Todd Cantwell. And I just feel he has been one of the positive factors of an otherwise disappointing Norwich City campaign. The player has impressed me throughout the season, especially in the first half, because he just looks so composed on the ball. He does not, you know, make hurried decisions. It just feels as though he he's playing his own game, very composed, very calm. And this was not always the case. So while I was reading up a bit on Cantwell before this podcast, I read a few interviews uh, where coaches were actually telling his peers to kick him, to hit him. He was a very shy boy initially. And uh, that was the stumbling block. And afterward, when those players hit him, kicked him, he then learned to get back and, you know, take that physicality without which he will not be able to make it in the Premier League. And we saw glimpses of him really standing up to strong uh, centre midfielders, defensive midfielders and centre-backs and, you know, weaving his magic because he, he really is very good to watch. I have watched him in the you know first half of the season and the way he, you know, drifts away from players, the way he takes players on, very, very nimble foot. And that is something I really enjoyed watching. In terms of output, yes, he did have six goals and two assists, which is not really... Um, out of the world, but for a 20-year-old, 20-21-year-old, making his first season in the Premier League and with the shitstorm that's going around Norwich City, I think Todd Cantwell really held his own and that demands some respect. So, in that way, I think Cantwell is a good pick. Uh, He also had that very important penalty that he took against Tottenham Hotspurs in the FA Cup. So, that shows he is very calm under pressure. In a way, I think it's going to spell good for Norwich if he stays. Otherwise, there might be... I have a feeling he could go. So, that's going to be one to look out for. And yeah, Todd Cantwell for me. Good pick. What about you? Great pick. Great great pick. I think Uh, Liverpool also were in it for Todd Cantwell for the longest of time after in the the mid-season. And I I generally thought if Lalana was going, going out, I think Todd Cantwell could or would have come to Liverpool. But yeah, overall, I think in that Norwich team, you have like Buendia, you have Adams and you have Jamal. But I think Todd Cantwell stood out for me easily. Like you said, he mm. he had to get his, his nippy footwork, his passing, all of that. Yeah. All of that just made me look like, oh, this guy is a talent. But one thing yeah. to worry about is attitude. I think when, when I read about Todd Cantwell as a player, I've also heard that he's kind of a party animal. I think if that if that side of his game cuts down a little bit, I think we have another diamond <laughs> in the England setup. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a very technical player. Very good on the ball. One to look out for, yeah. definitely. But, but but great, great analysis in terms of how you got him the the boy where his peers were told him to like kick him and you know make him feel like you know he's he gets that, he gets yeah, that beating. That that goes under the radar because a lot of these players are kids. Like they're, they're just boys when they're getting into the professional stage, and it's not Absolutely. easy. Yeah, yeah. And playing at the playing at the championship too is great. It's, it's something that you learn, and I think so many other so many other youngsters who've come into the Premier League are just showing that maturity thanks to the level in the championship, even though it's not talked about that much. Yeah, yeah. Great. 
Who do you have next for us, Rohit? Okay, so the next pick would be uh, I think I'm going to go with Phil Foden. I think he's the he's a superstar in this England setup. He's 20 years old. He's he won the under 17 World Cup Golden Ball. He won the Young Sports Personality of the Year for BC for BBC. And yeah, the way he plays, I I think I can go on about him for an hour or two. I think he's an exceptional talent. Can play in the right side. Can play centre mid. Can play CAM. Just the positional flexibility just makes him stand out. I think Pep Guardiola is the right man to guide him. I'm so happy Phil Foden stuck by with him. And now you can see, like you know, even with the game against Real Madrid, you know, when you have Phil Foden starting, you just know that this guy. is back on the scene he's going to lead the next revolution for city as silva has gone now and you have phil foden coming in and rightfully so like guardiola thinks he's a diamond he's the diamond which england have been looked for for a long time and another thing about him what i like this is passing range is awareness is dribbling i think overall he's just just the just everything what a, a manager would need Another story about him is that when he was seven years old playing for Vulcans, we they had more than hundred people all around watching him play, and there was a kid who was playing against Foden, and Foden went past the entire defense and scored a goal. The kid looked back, looked at his parents, and said, "Hey, listen, wouldn't you pay for this guy? Wouldn't you pay to watch him play?" So this guy is just oh, he's a phenomenal talent. I can go on and on. I I think I might run out of superlatives to like talk about him. I think the only the only backdrop would be like his physicality, which I think he would work on. But with his overall skill, I think he would he makes up more for that. You know what I mean? What do you think about Phil Foden? Yeah, I think you wax lyrical about the Stockport Iniesta in just the perfect way. To add on to this, I would say he is just a joy to watch when he's on the ball. He just knows. what's happening all around him he, he he scans everywhere and he makes the right decisions at such a young age to just you know come into such a uh, world class unit and absolutely yeah and just kick on from the word go when he had those starts and when he had those minutes from the go he just looked a different player this season i mean great 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 think, asset in their hands yeah i think another another good another good point could be that when he when he was when he was um, when he started his first game for city that was against spurs this season he scored mm. the he scored the goal he scored the goal where city won 1-0 and he got the man of the match for that game too and after the game you saw pep go to him and just give him a tight hug and you're like this is your turn and you've taken your chance and that's something every every kid in the block coming in and just looking to make a mark in the in the premier league or just looking to mark, make a mark in the sport Things should look up to Phil Foden and see. Hey, listen, be patient. Your thing, your your chance will come if you work hard. And with that mentality of his, I think he has a long way to go. And I hope, I just hope, because I'm an England fan, I just does something great for England. Great. Yes. All right. So moving along, uh, you mentioned Phil Foden. So I'm going to, you know. Counter that with Mason Greenwood. If you, yeah, and and surprisingly, he was third on my list. So that's a coincidence. I didn't know either order <laughs> of yours, but yeah. So Mason Greenwood, lot of our listeners have probably already seen most of his goals because he scores so many, and he just has an aura about him where he is a generational talent, 
and the fact that he comes from manchester united there's already a lot of focus on him so to manage to actually you know take that expectation and perform from the word go it's commendable for the kid i mean as a 17 18 year old there are so many things that could distract us there was a stage i think as soon as the football returned uh, after project restart he would just score goals i think he scored five goals after the restart and from tight angles from anywhere he gets space rohit and he just takes shots that's what i've been saying over the last, last few weeks greenwood has not been getting enough opportunities to shoot just give him the ball because once he finds that area in the d box his his shot is going to be on target i mean he's so confident like none of this xg nonsense works for mason greenwood his his aim is shooting at the goal and he will get the target he's he's that good and um, so far he scored 17 goals this season he scored one goal in the junior level also he got one goal disallowed he hit the post a couple of times i mean he's already on his way to beat that record of the most number of goals in all competitions for a teenager uh, in manchester united and that's a big deal keeping up with the likes of wayne rooney that's huge cheese uh, yeah george best etc so in that sense i think mason greenwood has just shown us a glimpse of what he can do rohit there have been interviews coaches have even told i was reading a piece in the athletic his dribbling skills are out of the world but we've actually not witnessed it as yet what we see right now is greenwood drifting in from the right taking the ball passing taking the ball passing running in to find space to shoot bus we've not actually seen him take defenders on and when that happens boss he's going to be a different player altogether and on top of that his physical ability has been improving over the past few weeks because before the restart he was still a bit lanky okay he's tall Absolutely. he's um, deceptively tall he's more, he's more than 6 feet actually but he mm-hmm. was not yet but now he's just grown out you know he's puffed out a bit and that's really encouraging because if you have a forward or a winger who can you know adama traore look at him he's physical and he just just no one can take the ball away from him greenwood adds that physical thing to him and he's going to be unstoppable man i think i think another point i think where i think you missed out is that his ambidextrous ability to like shoot from the of right course, or left yes is, which is just phenomenal because when you have a defender when you have a defender mm-hmm. like you know marking mason greenwood you'd be thinking is he going to go right is he going to go left is he going to go right because his finishing <laughs> is so good you're like hey yeah. listen <laughs> it's like it's like you're, you're you're basically gambling like at the moment i think he's yeah. going to go left let me go left and if he goes right and if he has that space to take a shot yeah i don't know about you i'm going to go in because i saw the copenhagen yeah. game and he yeah man. some of those shots i think two hit the defenders and if the defender wasn't there that's a sure shot goal boom Mm. So it's just it's just phenomenal it's a phenomenal talent he's a generational yeah. talent and me being a local fan I'm scared like I'm absolutely scared like to see what what this guy has cuz like you said yeah. you know he's doing we've really seen his passing ability and his shooting ability think about generates a lot of pace he generates a lot of pace in his shots which is quite frightening for an 18 year old to get that much speed check out the goals against Aston Villa and against Bournemouth oh man Oof. Anyway, the outside of the, yeah. outside of the box, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's let's move on then. Who do you have let's next? Let's move on then. So next, I think I'd go with uh, Kayo Tomori. 
think I think we've, we've okay. been we've been speaking about the attackers. I think let's go back. Let's look at the defenders for now. So, but okay. he had an incredible start to the 2019 season. Obviously, you know, he's got to thank the injuries to Rudiger and Christensen. But let's not take anything away from him. I think he's done a great job of seizing that opportunity and performing to his standards. Signed a five-year deal right there, and from then on, it just went all south because he got a, he had a niggle and just kept making mistakes, and that just made Lampard feel like he had to go with a lot more experience. Because considering he had Reese James coming in on the right side, he needed experience to make sure that his centre backs, his defensive side, don't let him down. But let's talk about his uh, attributes, which I like, is that he's fast, he's spacey, he has a, he's a great passer of the ball, as his passing accuracy is 87%, which is good because he fits the billing of a modern-day centre-back. Uh, what I like about him is that he's not afraid to get out of his comfort zone. When he's under pressure, he can play that pass, but obviously he's made multiple mistakes, and that is why Lampard has gone with Rudiger and Christensen, even though they've also been ridden with mistakes, which is... Sad, but I hope they do something better this season. One, one downfall about Tamori's game is that he's not well-versed with the aerial duels. He just wins 55% of his aerial duels, which is last in the, when you compare it, to the, can compare it to all the other centre-backs in Chelsea. So with him, what I think is going to happen to him this season is that if Chelsea invest on another centre-back, I definitely think he's going to go out on a loan. Because when you have... When you're stacked with Zuma, Rudiger, Christensen, and you get another centre-back, because Chelsea definitely need a centre-back. I don't see a way in for Tomori, but I hope I'm wrong. But let's see let's see what Lampard is going to do with the market, because I definitely think Chelsea are going to sign a centre-back. So for now, I'm excited. I'm excited for Tomori. He also got his first England cap, which is a great achievement for a youngster. But... I don't. I hope he gets in, gets away into the squad. But for now, I think he might go out on a loan. What do you think about Tomori as a player? Personally speaking, like you had highlighted, I think he's quite pacey. He pace in him, and uh, he can play out of the back. But otherwise, I've not really watched too much of Tomori. You summed it up quite well, and yeah, let's see how it shapes up for him. Because, like you said, Chelsea do need. Defensive reinforcements, and if Tomori, Tomori has to play, then you'd expect one of Christensen Rudiger to maybe have to move on. So that's going to be interesting to see. But definitely, he has emerged. I, I remember watching that banger he scored against Wolves. Oh man, it was a really good goal. <laughs> yeah, I think I also missed out on the part that the Chelsea Liverpool game. I think Tomori marked. Salah the entire game and he did a fantastic job keeping up with Salah the entire time. And I think that's when mm. Lampard got to know that he has a gem with him. And I think it's sad that he might have to go out on alone. But nevertheless, I think it's going to be an interesting time for Tamori to see what he does next season. Okay. All right. Uh, moving along. My next pick is Douglas Lewis Rohit. So, Ooh. yeah. I mean, I didn't expect that... I would be picking him, but in a sense, he has gone under the radar this season because in Aston Villa, I think McGinn and Jack Grealish were taking the headlines initially and then Jack Grealish throughout the season. But if there was any one player who was, you know, consistent throughout the season in that midfield, it was Douglas Luiz. Right from the start, 
to the end and he was there through the ups and downs and eventually he helped you know the team crawled for survival crawl into survival but they eventually reached so in terms of his footballing abilities he, he keeps it simple he does not try the extravagant things but he is willing to you know want the ball in pressure situations and i think that's a hallmark of a good midfielder if you're able to you know receive the ball in pressure situations and get rid of it without losing possession i think that's really good and additionally the fact that he's also one of the players who wins the ball the most in the middle third and has been winning the ball in the middle third since the restart uh, is also a testament to his ability to actually run up and down you know try to intercept play try to take the ball and then transition so he is a bit under the radar even in the transfer market for that matter i feel uh-huh. a lot of clubs can do better with louis and his team and it'll be interesting to see if aston villa are willing to let go of jack grealish and douglas louis in the same season but he has a lot of potential and he's quite young and that's another thing coming coming back to that i seriously did not think he's 22 years old i mean he was 21 oh. when the season started so he looks look way like more yeah he looks way more than his age he mm-hmm. he wants to be a leader as well he's very vocal on the pitch i've noticed that mm-hmm. read that about him as well so those things all add up to a very good player so douglas lewis is definitely one of the emerging talents from the premier league i think this season Oh, that's great! I think uh, he also played for. He was signed from City, right? If I'm not wrong, City. Uh, he he was supposed to be a backup. I mean, a cover for Fernandino, eventually. Uh-huh. But uh, they got Rodri, so Aston Villa signed him up this season. And he had gone out on loan also for a couple of seasons in Spain, I believe, and it didn't work out. So it didn't work out well for him. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's great to know that. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's found his own in Aston Villa, and and kudos to them. Actually, they managed to, you know, grind out those results in the end. And yeah, they played well. Even Especially the game Lewis. against the game against Arsenal, I think, which the penultimate game of the season. I think they won. They won yep. that game thanks to yep. Yep. Trezeguet's banger of a goal from that mm. corner. I think that just mm. sparked that. That just showed that the mentality of Aston Villa that they want to be there, and it was great to see. Mm. I'm very happy to see them play in the Premier League, but. Yeah, good. I'll be I'll be looking out for Douglas Lewis then. Gonna be great yep, fun to yep. look at what he does next season. Hundred percent. Who do you, who do we have next, Rohit? So next, uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Bakio Saka, the man. Ah, uh, he's had a Saka. I I so when I watch Saka play, I just do one thing. I'll be like Saka licious on the ball because man, this guy. such a such a such a great talent you know he's so humble great mindset so, something you know i read about saka recently and obamang zaka and david lewis nurture him completely they they make sure that this kid doesn't go wrong because they know this guy is just so talented and it's great to see when you have a youngster cr- making relationships with players like oba zaka and lewis it just comes to show you how much he wants to be in the big leagues and when you look at his when you look at how he was been brought on by freddy lumberg in that man city game for kolasinac at the left back i was i was counting i was counting my prayers so saka cuz he's going to face mares he's going to face sterling aguero and boy this guy stood up really well had a great game 
attacked up and down and the and then that just shows you know when you when you have a great 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 mindset when you're playing games in the europa league when you're play, playing games in the carling cup and beg your pardon the carabao cup and then when you just build up your confidence through those leagues and you come to the big leagues you need to make sure you need to make sure that you know you're you're well rounded and you're up for it i think saka has done brilliantly in that manner he's 18 years old he can play left wing he can play left back he can play left mid unbelievable final third output quick feet some of some some of his dribbling oh lord is dribbling is just outstanding he has a 90 he's completed 94% of his dribbles which is so underappreciated because wow. when you look at wow. his end product it is you really you really get to see what saka does when you just remove that end product for a while and just look at what he does in the ball because when you look at the leicester city game when he gave that brilliant assist to obamang on the left side i was like wait mm. what we when you look at when you look at things like that i'm 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 enjoying it i think the only thing he has to work on would be his strength because obviously you're in the yeah. premier league you're in the premier league and it's it's going to get physical from here on and once people start to notice that you're performing well you're going to be marked and you're going to be looked on so that's going to be my only only worry for saka but other than that once arteta fixes a position for bakayo saka i think sky is the limit because his deceiving speed his fast feet and just his output just make sure that you know i think he's going to be a great talent and i think sky is the limit for this guy what do you think wow. about saka i think you you watched him play a lot and we have watched him play a lot and he's an incredible talent what do you think yeah so i mean his ability to just find his man through crosses that's great it's it's really it bodes well for the arsenal team because he's so young and at this level he his de- decision making is world class already and you can see that like everybody you know whenever he gets an assist the entire arsenal team runs to him and celebrates with him it's it's really heartening to watch it's... the way everybody around the team hypes the little kid up because they know he's a special talent through the season i i watched two arsenal players martinelli initially and bukayo saka throughout the season and to be honest they have really impressed me more than the likes of rice nelson and joe willock who also had expectations from them but from the arsenal fans but it didn't work out mm-hmm. for them like it did work out for saka because saka is is also one of the players i i would actually put in the tire of phil ford and and mason greenwood they are they are, they're, they're all mm-hmm. generational yeah 100% that's that's a great point and it'll be interesting to see how he does how he picks up from this season and showcases what he's made for in the next season it's going to be interesting yeah so who's so your pick next- who's your pick who's going to be your next pick my friend so moving on my next pick will come from manchester but this time from the blue half at least for, oh. for the time being, yeah for the time being he's still in the blue half it's eric garcia so mm-hmm. the proverbial modern ball playing center back we're talking about Yes. a player who knows how to play out from the back and uh, an absolute pep guardiola prototype center back as well so he's very tactically very aware very clever player he reads the game very well so those are all his strong points you know and in a sense he's formed a very good he had formed a very good partnership with ayamik laport after the season restarted and I think apart from the Southampton game they rarely conceded a goal. Every time John Stones came back, 
the defense looked a bit shaky but when laporte was partnered with eric garcia i think they really formed a formidable partnership and it's strange because this was the problem they had throughout the season the reason there is a 18 20 point gap or however how, however big that is it's because this their defense was facing too many problems and mm-hmm. that time they had fernandino paired up with otamendi they had i don't laporte was injured and there were there were problems all over the place and uh, eric garcia didn't come into the picture that back then but after the restart the way he's played sensational even even the few appearances he made before he became starting player uh, in the champions uh-huh. league the premier league he was impressive he knows when to pick the pass he reads the ball well he covers his position his pace very well apart from that i i noticed he isn't really good aerially so to make up for that he, he he's like i said he's a very clever player so he tries his best to not allow the attacker to jump you know you know that he's okay, not so. jump so he's trying his best in even in that sense so defensive positioning is something that can be worked on but like i said he covers his space well so it's not like he's terrible at that he can improve there he's a great great potential like garcia i mean uh unfortunately for manchester city fans i think pep mentioned he does not want to sign the new contract mm-hmm. uh, yes, have so barcelona. barcelona it seems so uh, barcelona could do with him eventually he's going to become a star eric garcia is going to become a star yes in my in my I opinion adding to adding to what you said you know there's another Great trivia about Eric Garcia. He's 19 years old, but this lad here has already started preparing for his coaching badges. That's something great because, like you kept mentioning, that he's clever. He's he has great positional awareness. That's something you yes. touched on. But when you, I think, when you go back a little bit and look at what he's doing behind the scenes and with the coaching badges and just being a reader of the game rather than being a player of the game too, he's doing a bit of both, which is interesting because you don't have a 19 year old. I I don't know a 19 year old who's doing his coaching badges and playing at the same time. So it's interesting yeah. to know that when you look at when you look at it in that way and the points you make it's crazy man like it's crazy what potential this guy has and when you look at he's when he say from, that he's a prototype it's, it's from such a young so age he is reading the game. I mean this reminds me of Sochai to an extent because when he was coming to the twilight stage of his career in united sosha started mm-hmm. you know reading the game very well and historically he was the one who was substituted in the most by sir alex ferguson so he had absolutely, that absolutely. Uh, you know game reading sense like okay he would notice that this is the problem happening he would come on and then make an impact so like you're saying if he's already preparing for his coaching badges i mean that's that's great that's that's wonderful that's, that's, that's incredible man that's incredible it's great but uh, let's hope yes. he prolongs his football career first <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of potential there yeah at least in the premier league you know i just yeah. want i want to see more of him i don't want i know i i think he's going to go back to barcelona because he's from the academy but let's see if mm. pep can do his magic and make him wait that's that's going to be it that's going to be it okay so we're done with i think 10 players we have 10 more left so let's let's continue okay so i'm going to go with uh, and a beautiful player i think uh, his name is obafemi he's from southampton a 20 year old mm. right footed right footed striker can play right wing can play center forward can also play sec- can also be the second striker role but with the okay. with ralph at the helm he's 
he's stuck to two three formations which is the 442 predominantly with ings being there and then he rotates ings with either long or oberfemi so oberfemi is had is had eight starts this 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 season and 13 cameos from the bench what i like about him he's again pacey frightening pace that's what rav says it loves running in behind also likes coming in short but prefers to run in behind the defenders which is something any def- any any attacker with pace would do what i like about this player is that he knows he has a great dribble to his game and his game sense when it comes to like having those having those one on one tic tac passing with the others in the middle can make him use his pace and get get to the get to the byline every time but there's another thing which ralph keeps mentioning about him which not many people notice that he's very very inconsistent so he has a good game and if there are two games in one week ralph starts him the second game puts him off in the 50th minute or the 60th minute and he keeps mentioning that ralph keeps saying he's a formula 1 car but a formula 1 car needs to know how to be consistent so once if obafemi gets consistent and gets in gets the mindset to prove to ralph that he could do it for southampton i think he's going to be a mainstay in this team because he's had a he's had a troublesome career when he was 14 years old by being left out by leighton orient and then one year he was just busy focusing on his skill and then he got in a chance through watford so he's had a rough time when he's being when he was a youngster so i hope i just hope that he does justice to what ralph has been doing right now by giving him the trust and i definitely think he would he would make that right wing or the second striker his position if he gets a little more consistent i see i see great all right moving on i think the next player also has some similar traits in the sense he's been inconsistent this player started off very well burst onto the scene for manchester united who else but can manchester I, can united can i guess can yes, i guess please. this player's name is this yes, is this please. daniel Con- contro- yes sir <laughs> the controversial pick there you go there you go already what what a guy i've not even started <laughs> so yeah so uh, okay I, i don't think the listeners are going to be distracted because this is a serious podcast right and we're having a serious discussion so That's coming back to daniel yeah coming back to daniel james um, what i feel happened was that he burst onto the scene in the first month he emerged in the first month to an extent where he raised his expectations and he was not able to keep it up keep up those expectations and in a way he he really has this skill set you know he runs fast he runs behind the defenders he can he has the potential to take his players on he's not done it consistently but he has done it at points at times you saw that against liverpool as well he can run in behind and put in the ball he can run in behind put in the ball norwich liverpool burnley etc etc he's done that but he's not done it enough and the fact that he was not expected to start so many matches really i think hurt him in a way because he was not prepared for it physically emotionally and technically so mm-hmm. that's what happens then you you score three bangers you have a few assists in the first four five games till october everything is going great and then november december you know what happens on twitter he's becoming uh-huh. ridiculous people are making fun you know sprint and inshallah etc etc all those start coming and it's it, it gets really hard to judge a player 
without bias then you know but when you look at his game he has shown talent he's only he was bought for only 15 million odd pounds i mean we were not really initially he, he was not expected to do much then after his tremendous start everyone was excited oh my god this guy can do wonders and then it went down again and eventually now after the restart and just a few days before that few matches before that he lost his for first team spot i mean mason greenwood took it from him and then since then he's not had the chance to make an impact but still having said that seven mm-hmm. assists and four goals in all competitions in your first season and out of them i think nine of them are in the premier league i think you can hold your own if players like obviously tot cantwell and you know i i picked them too and mm-hmm. i feel it will only be fair to pick james because he has emerged this season i mean not many united Absolutely. fans actually knew not many premier league fans knew about daniel james and only when we signed him were his videos going viral of him you know running yeah. having that magnificent performance against manchester city for swansea where they where he absolutely tormented that defense most most pundits and most fans are aware of his strengths you know so when the opposition defense is tiring daniel james can come in and wreak havoc but yeah he has to improve his overall gameplay to make it at united rohit that's that's the that's the thing he has to work on he cannot be a one trick pony that's the problem but otherwise he he was, has impressed me to an extent but let's see i was actually just going to touch on that one trick pony thing that i'm glad you brought it up cuz i've been i've been i've been looking at james play and then what all i all i see is i think he's pretty one dimensional when it comes to what he does just just the ball and runs and like you said sprint and inshallah yes i think you've touched on all the pointers for him to take the next step and i hope he listens to our podcast i think i think he'll learn a lot about what he has to do for the game <laughs> he, he he has ran gigs over his shoulder don't worry yeah. he's listening to the right yeah, people yeah let's 100%. see what happens yeah 100% 100% let's let's move on then there was good fun talking so, about daniel james you know as, as you 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 got in some great points and i i didn't know some of those pointers nice it is uh, any knowledge is good knowledge you know <laughs> So next up, uh, who do I go with? I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I think this guy is someone from. I think he's from London. I think we say London because obviously I'm an uh, Arsenal fan TV fan. But anyways, this, I'm going to go with Callum Hudson-Odoi. Had an exception into his last season where he had multiple clubs coming in for him, wanting to sign him, and then he got injured. He tore his Achilles tendon, which ruptured. But He signed a new contract worth one thirty, one thirty thousand pounds per week, and then I think from then on, I think this season has been just not what the doctor ordered. I think with Lampard, with Chelsea having that transfer ban, you'd expect, I expected Joe to come up great and show show Lampard why he could trust him to take this team to the next level, or at least trust him to make sure that you know he gets in the output required for Chelsea, but he failed. I think he failed. I think the season was a failure for Arsene Wenger. Obviously, you got to look at his injuries, and he had two injuries: the obviously the Achilles tendon and the hamstring injury. But just that he just didn't. He was not not showing glimpses in training. Lampard kept talking about how you got to train well, how you got to train to get into the team. But Arsene Wenger just didn't show that in the training session, which. It was just fair to him because obviously when he get coming coming back from an injury and he getting paid an exorbitant amount of money, obviously there should be some mental pressure. And I just hope he uses his uh, 
talent, his raw talent to get back, get back the coming season and show show the world what he's on for. Because about him, I think he's an he's an unbelievable winger. I I love him. He's spacey, loves to dribble, loves running in behind. When he plays on the right side. He can play on the right and the left side. When he plays on the left side, he likes cutting into the cutting into his right foot. Always loves to have that one twos with that. With the centre forward, with the CAMs, and when he plays on the right side, he likes hugging into the byline, which is great. Because when you look at Chelsea's wingers on the right side, which is Pedro and Billion, they all play the narrow role. So when you have someone like someone like say uh, Hudson Odoi playing on the right side or the left side, you can you have something different to show and different to use in the next in the coming season. What I like about him is that his crossing is brilliant. His final third output is really good. And I just hope that he shows his true potential the coming season because he's a talent. He's a talented youngster, and I just hope, I just hope that he doesn't get on loan. And I feel like he would, he would do well next season. Okay, uh, I'm going to stay at Chelsea for my next pick, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Captain America, Christian Pulisic. Uh, initially, Rohit mentioned it's a bit unfair to include him because he was already established in Bundesliga. <laughs> But since he does match the criteria for this discussion, I've decided to pick him because mm-hmm. he didn't have it easy initially. Let's let's be honest. Uh, the first half of the season was not the easiest for Christian Pulisic. But after January, I think he had a lot of input from the coaching staff, Frank Lampard. They worked on his game. He got acclimatized to the English game, to say the least. You know, it's very mm-hmm. different playing for. Borussia Dortmund, and then coming into a fast-paced physical league like uh, the Premier League at a young age. So, luckily, language wasn't a problem, but getting used to the style was. And eventually, when he overcame that, oh man, what a player, Rohit! After the restart, Christian Pulisic, every single neutral have have has been really praising this boy. He's, he really dribbles well. Like you said, Karim Hatsunoda also brilliant dribble. Love to watch players who dribble. Similarly, Pulisic has that dribble in him, and he has shown he has the end product as well. So he Absolutely. runs well, runs very well with the ball. He has the decision making skills of the likes of Foden, Saka. He also has the dribbling ability of the likes of Karim Hatsunoda and the other dribblers that we have spoken about. But the way he has carried himself, like the he is the talisman right now. In the, in the Chelsea team so far, after the restart, he was the talisman. Everybody was looking out to him to make the impact. And he did. Mm-hmm. He, he, he returned the trust and gave it back with, I think, overall in the season, he had nine goals, four assists. Or was it the other way around? I, 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 I mistake just took them. I think he had 13 overall contributions in the league. But that's quite mm-hmm. cool. And a very quick decision maker. And... Dare I say it, he is showing signs of this being the second coming of Eden Hazard. But I know Chelsea fans won't won't take it so far ahead at such an early stage. But all the signs are really encouraging. Frank Lampard knows his strengths and that's the biggest benefit he has. Because next season, like we mentioned before, Chelsea are stacked. Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Zayek, Timo Werner. Callum Hudson Odoi, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Matteo Kovacic, Angolo Conte, Jorginho. It's 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 going to be really exciting for Chelsea fans. Yes. I think another point which I could add on would be I think he's shown unbelievable maturity to come into the Premier League and to have a bad start and just to like 
take it up and just to like believe in his talents and then show the Chelsea fans that he is the real deal. This is what I liked about him. I think the composure he shows in front of goal is just outstanding. And yeah, man, it's going to be great to see Captain America do his thing next season with Hakim and Timo Werner up front. Whew, that's going to be frightening for sure. Good. It's going to be good. In fact, one of our writers, Alex Barker, he wrote uh-huh. an article which said United and Chelsea could challenge for the title. So, let's see. I don't know. People have already come out with their predictions. Let's see. It's going to be interesting. Oh, you know, you know my prediction, right? No, I don't know. I don't want to. Another, 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 another title. Let's go. Let's go, Liverpool. Let's go. <laughs> Definitely and think we have it enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Aaron Connolly. He is uh, from Brighton, Hobarbian. He's uh, he's a great player. He's He won the Premier League 2 player of the season and the top scorer of the 2018-19 season. What I like about him, again, he... He's got a first start for Ireland, which is great. Mick McCarthy rates him highly. What he's, what he's done really well for uh, Potter is that he has great positional awareness, not afraid to take on defenders. And again, pace, pacey, pacey player, like, likes. So plays, plays the second striker role really well, loves running in behind. His stats obviously show for a, show for a sorry sign, like three goals and one, one assist in like 14 starts and 10 substitute appearances. But what I like about him is that he has the mentality. He finished off the season with a goal against Burnley. And rightfully so, he came out in his press conference and said, I understand that I have, I have started for Brighton and it's my, it's my dream to play in the Premier League. But now it's time to show Graham Potter who the real deal is. And he's really excited to show Potter because uh, he rates Potter really highly. And Potter, on the other hand, has done extremely well to protect him. And he keeps saying that, we need to protect Conley because we need to be we need, we need to look at the Premier League and you can't have so many games. There's so many games coming in and Conley cannot start every game. And Potter has done really well in that aspect by giving him just 14 starts. And obviously the output has been really poor. But I definitely think he is gonna be in the reckoning next season if he improves, if he just improves his finishing, because he's missed five big chances this year where he could have increased his tally to at least Eight goals yeah. or seven goals, but mm. nevertheless, we have a this the Irish, the Irish country. They have a talent in their hands with Connolly and Troy Parrott and Obafemi also is Irish. If you didn't know, so it's going to be interesting yeah. to see yeah. all these all, all, how these Irish strikers do well in the Premier League next season. And I'm excited to see Connolly because I think he has the mindset and the mental fortitude to show Potter why he's going to be the mainstay in the team. He's like a pocket-sized dynamite. Never gives up, no? He's Never very hard up, to get, get off the ball. Like, very strong, I've noticed. And, he's, and, and, you know, his attitude also. Like, when you look at his press conference, he's so bubbly. And he's mm. just so, like, easygoing. Which is, which is great because you need to have an easygoing, easygoing player when you're playing for Brighton. And when you have a manager like Potter who loves giving chances to the youth. And he's taken it. He's mm. taken it well. And that's something I admire about players like Connolly. It's great. And it's going to be exciting to see what he does next season. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Moving along. Uh, I'm going to pick Ismail Asar next. Came in mm. with a lot of expectations. 30 million pound signing from France. Ligue 1. Uh, Watford wanted to build their team around him. Things didn't work out. After four matches, the first manager was sacked. 
Zar was finding it difficult to find his bearings in England. Things were not looking good. I mean, really bad. If you think of um, police situation over here, it was a foreign language altogether, a different environment altogether. Okay, so it was tough for him, but eventually he did manage to give the Watford fans some memories, some good memories in a very disappointing campaign. Otherwise, he scored that goal against Manchester United, very forced an error from David De Gea. He had that titanic performance against Liverpool, very bad two goals and an assist. I mean, in a way, mm-hmm. ending uh, an unbeaten streak, which was looking ever so strong. So kudos to uh, Saar for that. He had magical moments in games against Norwich City in Newcastle against Newcastle. The few games that Watford did manage to win. So I think mm. it was really encouraging for Watford fans. The fact that Ismail Saar was flying down the wing, uh, very very smart player, and always get the box. He's actually created nine big chances for Watford, and that's Ooh. the most for any player. Yeah, and uh, he also tormented. Ben Chilwell in that match against Leicester, where they drew one all. So they should have won. All yeah, all in all, looking at the fact that he had a uh, difficult background in Watford, in the sense managers were being sacked, changed, and that was really that's really difficult for a player to you know settle in when you know, you don't have a, a balanced and a set way of playing, and that's really really hard. So he had to mm-hmm. face that trouble. But despite that, he got five goals, four assists. nine contributions okay can build but he missed six big chances and that was really disappointing because clearly you know his assist tally and goals tally would have been much more if he was clinical his teammates were more clinical and uh, yeah it would fare better on him but as things stand ismail sar has a lot of talent will watford be able to keep him because i think teams will be circling behind him to get his signature very talented player uh, what were your thoughts when you saw him against liverpool no oh, man uh, i think i've i've known him cuz i in the world cup he was he was he was playing alongside sadio mane and sadio mane has always spoken very highly of him even when watford came to liverpool and when mane had a had a had a meet with dini troy dini in the dressing room the first I thing mane said was take care of the guy please say take care of this guy he's a talent yeah yeah it was just disappointing i i was i i really like i thought we could do the invisibles but then it's he was tormenting he tormented robertson he tormented i think he he did a fantastic get a fantastic game overall but yeah he's going to be in the middle of a huge transfer battle when you look at if zaha is leaving crystal palace i think they should be looking at asami sar as a option is i think definitely and when you look at i think liverpool also might be in the might be looking at sa cuz we need we need definitely need a backup to our on the right side and it'll be interesting to mm. see what harry wilson is going to go out or not but i think sa is an exceptional talent and like you said i think if he if he improves his output by killing those chances he missed this year and just like building mm. on his game on his start to the premier league i think he's also going to be another dynamite in the premier league <laughs> mm We have some dynamites today in discussion. It's good, absolutely. Good man. It's been it's been great. It's, it's been, been great to know. It'll be fun so. to see how they are five years from now. It'll be interesting to see yeah. all these players that 100%. we're discussing today. Let's continue. So, yes, who do you have for us? Okay, so I have uh, two players remaining. 
So and both of them play. Both of them are on the backside. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna keep the keeper for the last. So I'm gonna go with a right back. An England ah, right back. I know this guy. He's not played an England right back. He's not a call up. He's not got a call up, right? He's no. He plays. He's he's um. He's played already for England under 19 and 21. So I would. All right. All right. Call, all right. That. Oh, okay. I would. Okay. England nationality. I think uh, plays on the right side. A lot of Chelsea fans think he's better than Trent. I want to speak about Rhys James. It's uh, oh, I I I like the I like the player. Honestly, I think I think he's he's great. He's a 19-year-old, 16 starts this season in the Premier League. Phenomenal crosser of the ball. Coming from a Liverpool fan who watches Trent Alexander-Arnold do this exact same thing, I think uh, what sets him right is that Rhys James has an exceptional technique. He loves that whip on the ball, and when you're crossing the ball from when you're running around, when you're overlapping every time, and when you cross the ball, you need to have a great technique to you need to have a great technique to deliver it. And I think he does a fantastic job. Loves whipping the ball, and he favors the first post. That's what I've noticed. And some of the goals they've scored is also when he crosses the ball to the first post. His okay. uh, attacking aspect of the game is really good. Is great. I love it. But what I don't, what I think should improve is his defensive uh, aspect. Because I think his decision making has to majorly improve. He dives into challenges far too long, presses unnecessarily, and one of those, one of the things Arsenal used in the FA Cup was to deploy Aubameyang on the left side with Tierney and Maitland Nines to make sure that Oba runs in behind, runs in behind Aspilicueta and Reese James, which happened consistently during the entire game. So I think if, against Bayern Munich also uh, that strategy was used to get past. The strategy was used. Mm, yeah. get, so it is. It is. It is, it is something. I, I think obviously it is something that Lampard has to look at. But when you look at also Reese James, I think defensively he's he definitely needs to improve. That is no doubt. But when you look at his passing and his upper body strength, which he uses to his advantage, it's it's it's, it's a wonderful wonderful sign for again the right back section of England is stacked with. Bissaka, Trent, James, and uh, when you look at when you look at this guy coming in, it's going to be interesting to see what he does next season. He's just going to work on this, work on this start to the Premier League, and he's definitely going to get better from here. That's for sure. Great. Let's hope. Reece what do you James think about what do you think about Reece James? Uh, apart from Reece James, I just think Chelsea have quite a few players coming up. Yeah, I think we've discussed five already today. Wow! Absolutely, right there. So it's gonna be yeah. nice to see if they if, imagine all of them starting in one game next season. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, my penultimate pick will be uh, Brandon Williams, my third United pick as well. Uh-huh. So Brandon Williams, in a way, was not expected to make the step up this season because he was not mm-hmm. even selected for the preseason tour, which went to Australia, uh, and in a sense, everything. Changed in a matter of weeks, in a matter of days, for for that matter, because Luke Shaw got injured. I think in September or October, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was not impressed with Ashley Young and didn't believe Young could take the burden of covering for Shaw in long periods of time. Brandon Williams took that opportunity right then, and he has not looked back. Very strong character. Very determined, goes into tackles without thinking about the card or thinking about any injury to his own body. Um, mm-hmm. That that is positive, but it it should not go overboard. I think that's something he'll have to work with. 
he he's in a sense you know like the andrew robertson of united in the, not in the technical aspect obviously he has a lot more to uh, improve on to become the footballer robertson is but mentally speaking he is not going to take any shit you know it doesn't matter if he's at the etihad or if he's at stamford bridge if the ball is there to be won no matter who the player is he is going to go right in and if that is, turns out to be a bad tackle or if you know he uh, makes the opposition fans and the players angry he's not going to like run away from a fight he's going to fight the guy on the face he's very strong willed character that way technically speaking mm-hmm. he runs he runs really well another thing i've noticed because he's naturally a right back rohit he has the ability mm-hmm. to go forward and then stop turn and come inside you know that that okay. artist from williams he he's not that one track minded guy who who, who only mm-hmm. wants to go inside and make the darting run uh, you know inside from left after overlapping um, his attacker so that way he has the potential to come inside and he does that all the more now because he has bruno and pogba and matic to feed and that has given him mm-hmm. encouragement to you know come okay. back and be involved in more build up play as opposed to just going across the wing and just crossing the ball he's not that type of a player who wants to cross the ball that much uh, in fact shaw mm-hmm. shaw is our first choice left back and he he has shown that uh, he's very important to the team so eventually when shaw got fit williams was displaced so his his time on the pitch has been reduced since then but whenever he did play between october to january february he gave his heart out played for the badge you know they say the united dna that he has uh, really sticks out because he had a blackened eye against who was it southampton i think was it i don't know yeah southampton when he got injured and we came to 10 men we became yeah, 10 men Got, yeah, we, yeah, we, we we gave up we gave up a equalizer, and he was back the next yeah. next match, and he was he was good. Oba, so, uh, Obafemi scored that goal in the in the end. Yeah, yeah, man, that was disappointing. So, moving on, uh, your final player, Rohit. Okay, so my final pick is is I think I want to end end with a goalkeeper because I played professional futsal for the last three years back in Australia. So this is something. I insisted that I do and I told told Anubhav about how I want to look at a keeper for my final pick that I'm I'm going to going to pick Aaron Ramsdale he's the only spark in a f- sorry season for Bournemouth I would have picked Dean Henderson but uh, like he's 23 years old so I'm going to stick to Aaron Ramsdale 21 years old 37 starts now I'm going to I'm going to give you an insight about Aaron Ramsdale's mentality which is very important so before the start of the season So Bournemouth had four keepers. Obviously, they had Boruk and they had uh, Begovic. Don't remember the other person's the other person's name. And they had Ramsdale. So when it came to fantasy Premier League, listing out their keepers for the coming season, Bournemouth decided to not involve Ramsdale. So this matter was taken into consideration. This matter took Ramsdale by shock, and he literally went in. to the bomber department and said why don't you add me because i think i'm going to play for bournemouth and it's surprising because you don't have four keepers in fpl usually right yeah. so imagine this before the season and so when uh, eddie how had a before before the start of the season before the start of the first game where he played against sheffield united no one knew who was going to start and guess who eddie how picked adam ramsdale 
And since then, this young keeper hasn't looked back. He's vocal, mm-hmm. confident, great attitude, which I've been, which I just been emphasizing on. Fits the billing of a keeper. Very good, great on the ball. Likes going long, can go short, can go medium, which is good. Great reader of the game. As a keeper, like he comes in, comes on well for the crosses. Obviously, like when you have when you have a defense like what Bournemouth had, where they've conceded the most number of goals, you tend to you tend to overlook some of the things he's done, or you tend to underlook some of the things he's done because obviously the defense has been really poor. But what this guy has done is that during one-on-one situations, he has a unique way of raising his right hand and his left hand and using his body in an expansive manner to make the save. Like if if you go if you go and look at some of the saves he's made at Southampton at Sheffield. At at Liverpool against Liverpool against United, you'd see you'd see that this guy is is a great stopper of the ball. His his ability to read what's going to come in five seconds earlier is great. And again, he's again English, which is great, which is great for England. I think they've been doing really well. And I hope, I hope, I hope, the love of God, he gets a chance because I don't think Pickford is great. And one thing I think he should improve on. I've obviously touched on all his pros. One con I, I think would be his handling, because when you look at he loves parrying the ball away, he loves parrying it away, and he hardly catches the ball, which is something I think if you're going to parry it away, you got to look at Allison for that because Allison does a wonderful job of parrying it away at the right time and to at the right place and to the right place. So what he sometimes with Aaron Ramsdale when he parries it away, sometimes it just goes to the center, and it, if you have a poacher coming in there, I think it's going to be an easy tap in for um, for the opposition. So I think that's the only thing he should improve, and I think if he does all of this and if he just continues performing, he's going to be a great, great asset for any team. And I definitely think he's going to come into the Premier League, considering Dean Henderson coming back to United. I think Sheffield United should definitely look at Ramsdale as someone to take over Dean Henderson. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, the manager, the manager of Sheffield United, Wilder, sold Ramsdale from Sheffield United. Right mm. before his wedding, so Wilder remembers Ramsdale out, and it's great to see if this happens. What do you think about Ramsdale? Like I, I, I we've seen Bournemouth getting whacked left, right, and centre, but you've definitely seen him keep really well. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, I think to touch on that point, I think Sheffield have already put in inquiries about Ramsdale officially. I think they are expecting oh. some new. We are expecting some news on that because if Dean Henderson stays, they expect him to be a um, cover. For the first season, and when uh-huh. Hendo finally comes back next season mm-hmm. to United, then Ramsdale uh-huh. takes on the first position from twenty-one twenty-two. That's the plan. Oh, beautiful. Let's see. Uh, in terms of Ramsdale, like uh, we were discussing, I think before the podcast yesterday, or it was to- this morning, uh-huh. uh, the uh-huh. match against United. I saw a BT Sport video where Mason uh-huh. Greenwood was going in to score a goal, and Ramsdale was instructing uh-huh. his defenders to, you know. Do some shit and stop this guy, but mm-hmm. it didn't happen. And he just sent a ferocious shot to the top left corner, and Ramsdale absolutely lost it. Like it shows that the determination the guy has. The team is on the brink of relegation. The twenty-year-old goalkeeper is giving it to the centre backs who are much more experienced. So it shows. It's a great attitude to have. It's a great attitude. Yeah, attitude-wise, he's he's set for the top. Like he has that potential and. I think if he works mm-hmm. on it, definitely something's up for him. And finally, to end this discussion, we are going to speak about Gabriel Martinelli. So, Ooh, the Martinelli, Brazilian wonder kid. 
yeah the brazilian wonderkid the brazilian nobody in a way before he joined <laughs> arsenal nobody knew him not many people were expecting even arsenal fans for that matter uh were a bit surprised they're like who is this kid 18 year old guy from brazil okay what's the deal with this is he going to be like a first team player or is he for the youth team and then this guy has ended the season with 10 goals across all competitions four assists i mean his premier league numbers are not right up there but he has had has had involvement in all competitions he scored goals across all competitions he's a goal scorer he always seems to be in the right place at the right time and for a kid that is a very strong suit um another thing i want to touch upon gabriel martinelli was rejected by manchester united he was given two trials and he was rejected both times and for a uh-huh. kid trying to make it big at such a young age that can be heartbreaking emotionally very taxing but it shows that his determination helped him come out of that and you know mm-hmm. be set back and that didn't stop him and for arsenal now he scores dribbling goals we saw that goal against chelsea where he ran the length chelsea. of the pitch he scored you know instinctive toe pokes in the cup competitions he's even scored headers so he's he's all over the place in the sense in in a, in a positive sense he he bags goals in every way possible and mm-hmm. um, i think it it does not matter there the jury is still out with respect to his strongest position some some fans uh-huh. some pundits he's best playing through the center some believe he's he's more yeah. involved in the game playing from the left but i think it doesn't matter where he plays he scores a goal unfortunately mm-hmm. he got that terrible injury the back end of the season which is going to keep him out for a very long time so i was a bit i was actually a bit sad i mean it's strange because i'm a hardcore united fan and i despise arsenal and you know that too but he's a really talented player and, and i think they have a really good player on their books so for that injury to happen at that point where he was really hitting the peak of his form i think at that there was a stage where greenwood and martinelli were going side by side in terms of goals side by side absolutely because of the injury greenwood just took it up another level uh, we could debate on who's the better player we could have the discussion wow. but for me right now greenwood is a bit better but martinelli is, mm. is top class uh, that brings us to the end of this episode it was really very enlightening for me at least i i didn't know a lot about some of the players you mentioned rohit like michael obafami ramsdale the depth you went into his analysis great stuff i had a really good time rohit and uh, let's hope our listeners had a good time uh, breaking down the 20 most emerging players in the premier league this season and we look forward to having you back again next week so ah. yeah stay safe have a good time and yeah that's about it from us Cheers, take man. care rohit Thanks a lot. Sure. Man. Have a great day and a great podcast. Thanks for having me. And hopefully, I'd uh, feature on more podcasts with you, man. Take care, my friend. Have a great day. Cheers. Look forward to it. Cheers.